Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Inside the Game Guys podcast, J.C. Sherbert with you, Wednesday, May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> uh, all you Star Wars folks out there, uh, uh, thanks for joining us today. Yesterday, Monday, Tuesday, celebrating the girlfriend's birthday. Happy birthday to a lot of different people. Um, <clears throat> I don't normally do birthday shout-outs because it's hard to keep up with. And if you mention someone's birthday and then you don't mention someone else, they get mad. But uh Two Gamecocks, Dawn Staley, the GOAT. I see a lot of GOAT tweets out there today. It's her birthday today. Also, Associate AD Chance Miller, his birthday is today. And in addition to Nat, on Tuesday, it was Bill Gunner's birthday. Wild Bill uh, of 107.5 FM. You guys know him and love him. Have known him for years and certainly uh, wish him the happiest of 40th birthdays. Uh, this week and and all that good stuff. So now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> thanks to Heritage, Heritage Digital, uh, as always, for sponsoring uh, this portion of the podcast, news and notes. Not a lot of news out there, just kind of, you know, not a lot of stuff breaking or anything like that, but, um, you know, got some uh, information uh, on the uh, basketball transfer portal, Michi Johnson, who we knew was coming, Officially signs his letter of intent today, uh, so he is in, and so that's good. Um, looks like Debo Samuel's going to stay with the 49ers. That's good. Jaheim Bell says we want to compete for a national championship. So that was pretty good as well. Um, you know, that kind of thing is what's been going on. Uh, NFL draft, of course, was this past weekend. Uh, Carlos Patel invited to the Philadelphia Eagles training camp, murky mini camp. Parker White is going to camp with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, which is interesting. Ryan Suckup spent a lot of his career with the Chiefs. They seem to like Carolina people. And then, of course, Suckup is the kicker for the Bucs um, the last two years. So a pair of Gamecocks kicking it out in Tampa Bay. Jalen Foster 
All American did not get drafted. Sort of thought, I don't know. I, I don't know why he wasn't invited to the combine. Sort of thought if he'd have gotten to the combine and done well, there's a chance he would have been drafted, but he wasn't. Uh, but he's heading to camp both with the Eagles and the Jaguars. Uh, so best of luck uh, for those guys, to those guys. Uh, of course, Jabari Ellis with the Giants. Uh, he signed as a Quandre White, signed with the Dolphins. You know, all those guys, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, there, there's been a lot of Carolina players, not a lot, but uh, several Carolina players. Keyshawn Nixon comes to mind. Um, Taylor Stallworth comes to mind in recent years, guys that were not necessarily drafted, but uh, have hung on, you know, and uh, made rosters and, and played uh, in the National Football League. So, uh, best of luck to all those players. Gamecock baseball tonight, 7 p.m. North Carolina A&T comes to Founders Park. Uh, John Whittle with a great breakdown for VIP members on thebigsport.com today about the remaining schedule, uh, the RPI, as far as making the tournament. And they go to A&M this weekend. I think A&M's 13th in the RPI. Gamecock 64th. Can't afford to lose North Carolina A&T. They're around 250. So, you know, four games against teams that are the Aggies, and it starts tonight. Uh, as slim as Carolina's chances are, sort of, right now, uh, this A&M series would be big because A&M's got a high RPI. You go out there and take two of three. I think you're in the game at that point. Uh, Kentucky's after them. They're 77th. You know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, certainly is an uphill battle for Mark Kingston and his group with the sweep against Alabama last weekend. Uh, gave him a shot. You know, we've talked at length about the future, the standards, all that good stuff. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see. The mock drafts for next year are coming out. Uh, South Carolina, I've seen Cam Smith on some. Uh, I've seen, uh, you know, this one uh, from 24-7 Sports has Spencer Rattler going sixth overall to the Lions. You know, the Gamecocks have had one quarterback drafted um, in the modern era. You know, I don't remember if Dan Reeves was drafted or not. He was a quarterback at Carolina, but then something else in the NFL, like running back. But, uh, you know, uh, th there you go. I mean, I mean, I don't, you know, you, you look through the history and, you know, quarterback <laughs> hasn't really been a position that uh, folks have been drafted. I mean, Steve Tannio wasn't drafted. Anthony Wright stayed in the league for years, but was not drafted. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, th I think Jake Bentley had a great shot at being drafted had he not been injured again and played through that 20, 2019 season. Um, suffered another injury at South Alabama. So, you know, he's in coaching now and, uh, you know, Jake's the type of guy that gave it all he got for football. You know, came back, played his last game with a torn ACL uh, for the Jaguars in South Alabama. So disappointing there. And Carolina's still kind of looking for that, uh, that next draft pick at the quarterback position. And Spencer Rattler, I think, does have a good shot. I mean, he's got to have a good year this year. Uh, but uh, I do think that that is a possibility. And he's showing up in some mock drafts, Cam Smith in some mock drafts. Uh, I would be surprised if Zach Pickens does not start showing up in some as, as you know, he gets into this season. He has to play more consistently. 
Uh, a lot of the offensive linemen have a shot. I mean, you know, they have to play better, obviously. Um, so you kind of look at it and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I didn't mention, I was mentioning guys from the free agent route from Carolina that made it. I didn't mention Rico Dowell. <laughs> Should have mentioned him. He stuck with the Cowboys and Tyson Waves. Uh, had some uh, so, some moments with the, I believe the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I think he got hurt again. I, I'm not sure. I know Rico got hurt last year. But, wow, you know, you kind of look at the 2017 Gamecock offense, and there's a lot of guys in the NFL, and then Jake, and then, you know, Zach Bailey's been on a practice squad. He was an offensive lineman. Donnell Stanley was an offensive lineman. They had Hurst. They had Debo, at least through the Kentucky game. 220 yards against NC State that year. Now, that NC State team had a lot of NFL talent on its defense itself. And, of course, Carolina won that game 35-28 thanks to some turnovers. But, uh, wow, you just kind of look back. <laughs> and you go, that, that offense really didn't have a reason to be um, as up and down as it was that season in 2017. Of course, a lot got masked that season because they won nine and Muschamp did fire Kurt Roper right after the Clemson game. So, you know, looking back, though, you're like, gosh, you had those two guys at running back. You had a good quarterback. You had Hayden Hurst. You, I mean, man, Brian Edwards, you know, a lot of talent there on that team. So we'll see what happens uh, in this mock draft I'm reading. And, it, uh, okay, so it's Brad Crawford that wrote it, but it's from Yahoo Sports. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State, looks like one – Will Anderson from Bama two, Bryce Young from Bama three. Yeah, Bryce Young not being number one would be a surprise to me. Uh, another receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith Najiba. Uh, fourth, BJ Ojulari from LSU, fifth to the Panthers. And then Rattler. So we'll see sort of what happens with the draft next year. It's a long way off though, folks, a long way off. And, and those things obviously change uh, over time. I <laughs> got a lot of mailbag questions today that would kind of work through uh, and all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> latest on the crystal ball, nothing new, uh, except uh, I'll say this uh, South Carolina, Notre Dame's getting a lot of crystal ball predictions for him from, uh, Austin Westlake receiver Jaden Greathouse, <clears throat> Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Texas, South Carolina uh, are the final four. It's kind of crazy the Gamecocks are in the mix for this guy. Uh, Justin Stepp, of course, with a lot of connections out in Texas. It's not going to be easy to land him, but, you know, we'll see sort of what happens. Uh, things are looking really good for Dylan Lonergan, the quarterback four-star from Brookwood down in Snellville, Georgia. Shaping up to be a Carolina-Stanford battle. Uh, with him, you know, so we'll see sort of what happens uh, moving on. Lots of official visitors uh, are being, um, you know, are being scheduled, lots of official visits for this summer. Uh, and that's the thing about recruiting too, guys. I think that, uh, you know, last year, if, if you look at it, things didn't really start heating up. They had a handful of guys already committed. Of course, Carolina does now too. They're just silent. Um which I know annoys some of you, <laughs> uh, you know, and for us, it'd probably be easier, you know, to, to have them public because people wouldn't worry. But, uh, you know, this Friday, June 24th, the, the weekend in June, so far shaping up to be big. Marky Anderson, four-star lineman from Dorman, 
in the two four-star linebackers from Florida, Grayson Howard, Jaden Robinson. Boy, those two guys are good. Uh, they're coming in. Uh, I don't know, you know, who's ranking linebackers these days because they're outside. They're, they're four-star guys, but they're sort of at the bottom. Uh, Trovon Ball, who's an interior offensive lineman from Atlanta, is set to come in. Uh, so that's at the end of June. And then Great House is coming in Friday, June 10th with Lonergan. Uh, and then a player, Cameron Upshaw from Perry, Florida, Taylor County, uh, is scheduled for right now. So we'll see sort of uh, how all that goes, you know, with the Gamecocks and those official visitors. My guess is, um, and I'll say this just to be honest, because I don't know how this NIL thing will play a factor with this year's class. It's already starting to kind of, you know, play a factor with some guys. Uh, I, I will say it's not as widespread as, as people make it out to be. I think people see headlines and they get a little freaked out. Uh, but those are anecdotal examples. <laughs> don't, don't be freaked out right now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when it's time to freak. And, and there may be a time to do it. Um, best thing you can do is, is give to a collective like Carolina Rise or uh, which love to have you do that. But uh, if you don't, uh, Garnet Trust is really good. Uh, you know, we're not in competition with those guys on that end. We're competition website wise, media wise, but not, you know, the collective number eventually is going to be South Carolina collective <laughs> and that's going to be everybody. Um, so we've got uh, on our end, I can just tell you this, we've had, you know, some pretty, uh, pretty generous uh, members sign up lately. It really picked up over the weekend. And so, uh, you know, and it kind of goes in waves and that website will be live at some point soon uh, to where you can go in and put in your, uh, you know, credit card number or whatever. Right now it's just PayPal for early bird specials. Still have a few left. Uh, first 100, get a swag bag. So if you're interested in subscribing, please uh, go do that. And, you know, and then if you don't do that, I'll, I'll say this, you know, there's opportunities um, around Columbia that uh, Garnet Trust and, and other people are putting on. I know Colton Gauthier's has a, a concert coming up. There's meet and greets. There's uh, autograph signings. You know, go take some money and, and stick it in their hands. It all counts. You know, a lot of the guys, and, and that's one of the things on Carolina Rise, too, we'll have, we'll have links to all their gear, you know, to go purchase and all that. There's also going to be Carolina Rise gear and other Gamecock gear or affiliated gear. <laughs> on that site where, you know, all the Carolina Rise stuff, some of it's been donated, uh, 100% will go to the collective, to the players. Uh, and then there'll be some other custom stuff where a percentage will go to the players. Uh, and the only reason I'm doing that is because, you know, some of the stuff I'm thinking about putting on there is licensed through, you know, it's not 100% my intellectual property. So there has to be a cut that goes to somewhere else. But certainly – more than happy to, you know, donate whatever uh, off my end. So that's, you know, that's the NIL thing in, in a nutshell right now. And, you know, people are, you know, freaked out a little bit about some of these numbers. And I keep reading articles where people are like, this is the going rate. And look, I'm not saying that it hadn't happened with anybody Carolina has been recruiting, uh, but it, it hasn't been anything alarming. Uh, to me, what I've heard, and, and I can't get into a lot of details about this, but some of the talk behind the scenes 
has kind of come from certain recruits that really aren't worth it, you know? Uh, so I don't know where the disconnect is, you know, with, with that. And you know, then you'd be surprised some of the guys that, uh, you know, maybe you think that you may think would, I guess, command a lot, you know, have not. So, so we'll see sort of what happens <laughs> moving forward with uh, everything else. So that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see sort of what happens there. Um, but, yeah, like this Jordan Addison thing. Jordan Addison, uh, as we all know, is the Bolitnikoff winner from University of Pittsburgh. Uh, Pitt sitting there in the top 15. Uh, Narduzzi's done an excellent job there. They won the ACC last season. Um, that was a great program once upon a time, you know. And uh, so you look at it and, you know, he leaves. Gets in the portal, chasing an NIL deal. A lot of speculation on Southern Cal. And um, I know that that's one of the programs where NIL has been big. And that should not come as a surprise, given it's the Los Angeles media market. Um, so there you go. Uh, you know, he leaves finally. Uh, and there's an uproar. And I feel bad for Pitt. I feel bad for Narduzzi. I mean, that guy is such a good player. You know, and they're going to miss him. And that brought a quarterback in. I mean, and they're kind of loading up to have another good run, but no, doesn't happen. Um, you know, and so I think that's an unfortunate thing that maybe people have talked about. And you have media out there; they're just recklessly speculating on value. I don't think they know their butt from a hole in the ground. Most of them, as far as value goes. Uh, I think it's sad, really, that you have some people that claim to be responsible for themselves and responsible members of the media, you know, talking about, you know, values, randomly assigning it, you know. And uh, my friends over at Own Three Sports, uh, Shannon Terry and, and those guys um, who have worked with for years, uh, they have kind of an algorithm that, that calculates this stuff. And I think it's been the most realistic uh, thing uh, associated with NIL. I think it's been very realistic when you look at it. What is the actual value? Um, and I'm not saying it's 100% accurate. It's probably not. But that look, you know, look, that looks – when I look through the players, I kind of look and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. So we'll see what happens. But it's not time to panic if you're a Gamecock fan. Um I know that, uh, look, let's be honest, the numbers aren't there right now. But I also think that, you know, as we move forward with Carolina Rise, with uh, Garner Trust, with whatever, uh, the Gamecocks can get there. And I also think that at some point they're going to tweak it to where, you know, the universities can sort of be a little bit more proactive with it rather than depending on third parties, which is a problem at some places. Uh, and I'll be all for that. You know, I, I like I said, I, I'm not – I didn't start an NIL collective to go get into the NIL collective business. I, I, I did it because I have a platform. Uh, you know, I think a lot of you guys, especially those of you that have donated, trust me, you know, and um, trust that I know kind of uh, where the resources need to go and uh, that I would actually get that information uh, pretty accurately. We'll be responsible with it and all that, but – University comes in and, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it's it's fine with me that, uh, to collaborate or 
whatever, you know, so that, that could happen, you know, in uh, not just in South Carolina, but across the country, they're working on that. So don't worry about NIL right now. By the way, a Jordan Addison update from Brad Crawford. Uh, Addison's been working out with Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback. So I wonder if Alabama steps in and sort of <laughs> makes that happen. Uh, they could use another receiver in Tuscaloosa. They've got several, but a guy like that guy, you know, that would uh, – I think you add him to that offense, it'd probably be a game changer because I think Jameer Gibbs, the running back, is going to be really good uh, and all that good stuff. So we'll see sort of what happens there. But don't freak out about NIO yet. Um, I will say this. I do expect NIL to play – you know, you know how we all go through and – we have crystal balls and we guess, and you can kind of 80% accurately, you know, guess the class, you know, it's going to throw that at all schools kind of throw a loop in it a little bit. So there may be some negative surprises uh, of players that, you know, you think you're getting and you don't, or players that you didn't think you're getting and you do. Uh, but that's just part of it and being in a new era uh, and all that good stuff. So that's news and notes right now. Uh, a little bit of analysis, by the way. Uh, and so here, here we go with um, with everything else. want to thank Cindy Searfoss uh, of Caldwell Banker Kane. Uh, Cindy has been in the upstate for over, over now, uh, 35 years. Uh, she's married to a diehard Gamecock fan. Uh, and she's here for all of you. To um, all of you, you know, to get your real estate needs met. Uh, Cindy uh, Anderson Greenville Spartanburg, uh, Anderson Greenville Spartanburg, um, Oconee Pickens, Cherokee. Uh, she can help you out. She's in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, 864 414 at com, Call Wall Banker Kane, Cindy Sirfoss. Tell her JC sent you. Proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Um, couple of uh, couple of notes here. Programming out oh, JC and Morgan this week. We had Bob Kessling from he's the voice of the balls versus the voice of Tennessee. We're kind of going through all the programs, getting some insiders and Mike and I are kind of chatting them up this off season. Very good interview. Uh, had some nostalgia about the old, uh, the old Jefferson pilot days, right? Uh, we all remember Jefferson pilot 1230 kickoff in the sec going out of the ACC. Uh, when I grew up, they were a noon kickoff. You know, what what's a lot of Clemson games and Duke games, Georgia Tech games and things like that back then uh, growing up in the upstate. Uh, and I kind of wish Carolina had a Jefferson pilot uh, back then because Carolina was, you know, unless it was ESPN, they just weren't on TV. A few TBS games here and there. But, um, you know, I, you know, you, you, they kind of went back in time a little bit and uh, Bob told the story about the 1993 Clemson, South Carolina game. And, you know, that was the last game for Ken Hatfield and Sparky Woods at Carolina. And I remember it because I've got a personal story about that a little bit. I, was, I think I was in 11th grade, 12th grade, 10th grade, something like that. But anyway, uh, so the game wasn't supposed to be on TV. And apparently, according to Bob Kesling, uh, Strom Thurmond called the head of JP Sports and got the game on TV. 
Carolina was up 13-3, I think at halftime. Clemson ball control offense in the second half, played great defense, came back and won 16-13. Hatfield and Sparky Woods were fired right after that one. Uh, Tommy West actually came in and coached the Peach Bowl that year for Clemson. They beat Kentucky. Uh, but it was a uh, kind of a, a, a dramatic end to that 1993 season. It was South Carolina's second in the SEC. That, that season started great. Uh, the infamous Brandon Bennett over-the-top game down in Athens to win. Uh, but I remember Carolina had some close games they lost. I, I remember, uh, you know, they had, they had Alabama at home, and that was – a huge game, you know, because the first time Alabama had come to Columbia, I think since the thirties, uh, Bama was coming off a national title in 92. They won 17 to six, uh, closer type game, low scoring, but Carolina couldn't get much going. And so, uh, you know, so that's what happened. Yeah. That's kind of what happened that season. Uh, and Bob tells that story. Great. Uh, and I remember that game too, because, uh, okay. So I did not, yet have a car as most of us didn't in high school uh so my buddy one of my uh you know the guys i went to high school with it's crazy i went to burns which is in the upstate and certainly a fair number of uh students from burns many more than went to carolina went to clemson it was, it's, it's a it's a lot of clemson influence in lyman Bethan welford um a lot of clemson fans and, and and i didn't really have many friends i don't know it wasn't intentional it just worked out that way. But one buddy was, he went to Clemson, majored in engineering, went in the Air Force, very proud of him, really good guy. Uh, so he drove. And then my other friend went to what's called the Governor's School down in Hartsville. And so we decided we're going to the game. Uh, I scout some tickets, have the ticket money. Uh, we go all the way to Hartsville Friday night. Um, couldn't really get and spend the night in the dorms or whatever. So we kind of slept in the car, got our other buddy out, then all of a sudden, somebody from inside the governor's school, an RA or something comes out. It's like, hey, are you, you know, insert name here. And uh, it was his dad. And he had forgotten to tell his dad that's where he was going. His dad was like searching for him and freaking out and all that. Uh, and so trip canceled. So we got back in the car. This was about 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning. Drove all the way back down 20 to Columbia and all the way up 26. And, you know, back then, man, going to the game was like everything for me. I mean, really that lasted from that point, from when I was a kid to like my early 20s, everything. I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't miss Carolina games uh, back then or whenever I could go. And so the sad part to me was 93, we're driving back. Dead silence in the car. Yeah, you know, I'm not really mad at my buddy. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm I'm sad that he's in trouble. You know, because that's how it is. And I and you're watching everybody stream down from the Upstate with the car flags on their car. Gamecocks, Clemson, Gamecocks, Clemson. And I'm like, God. You know, and at my t- that point in my life, I had only been to one Clemson Carolina game. And that was 1989, and the Gamecocks got whipped soundly, 45 nothing. Uh, so we went back, and I watched that Jefferson Pilot broadcast on TV. And, you know, Gamecocks were four and six, so they were not going bowling regardless, but you still wanted to beat Clemson, and you knew Hatfield was in trouble. And they weren't all that great. They were eight and three, but not that great. And um, Clemson came back and won, which is another, yeah, you know. Um, 
And so that sucked. But then the next year, uh, we did get we did get permission. And in '94, uh, we go over to Death Valley and got pretty good seats. And the Gamecocks smacked them up pretty good, thirty-three to seven in Brad Scott's first year and Tommy West's first year. I'll never forget. I was sitting right in front of the. Uh, Brandon Bennett threw the pass across the field to Reggie Richardson on the kickoff return. And that it was 14 7 at that point. Gamecast went up 21 7, 133 7. So that was good. That was a good day, right? <laughs> but I remember that. So, anyway, the point of all that was check out the JC and Morgan College Football Podcast. Uh, and then we'll have another JC and Morgan we recorded today uh, for tomorrow talking about NIL, talking about all those good subjects in college football. Talking about the SEC East and quarterbacks in the league and all that. Uh, really good stuff with Mike and myself. So definitely uh, check that out. Um, also, I'm going to tell you about the Inside the Gamecocks Facebook page. Uh, just start at facebook.com slash Inside the Gamecocks. Lots of good stuff there. At Inside the Gamecocks on Instagram. And, of course, at the Big Spur Pod on Twitter. Really missing JB and Goldwater today, and uh, I've got some emails from you guys about that subject. We'll get to in the mailbag uh, and all that. Um, you know, I, back to this NIL thing, uh, and, and, you know, I... It's such a big subject, you have to talk about it. <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable talking about it, but it, it, it just is what it is right now. You know, so what, what are the game guys going to do? I... You know, I I think if you're in a situation, I, I, I'm going to speak generally because I still have faith in the Gamecock Nation at large. Once everybody sort of learns about what needs to be done, uh, I, I think Carolina can put together a competitive NIL uh, situation right here on campus. I think there's a lot of crazy numbers being thrown around right now that aren't realistic. Uh, and I think they're going to play some money ball, you know, uh, and that's not going to have to happen until every kid wants an NIL, you know. And then at that point, you know, what you got to do is say, hey, I'm, you know, this guy that's got this big rep and, you know, he's really good. But then there's this other guy that, that you know, doesn't care about an NIL deal that wants to come and maybe he's not rated as high or at the offer list. You know, in certain situations, you just pass, you know, and then you, you use the resources you have. Um, and I'm speaking generally about the community at large. I, I don't know what anybody else would do uh, if those decisions aren't being made by the program or the school. I have no idea what could happen uh, in terms of, you know, players once they get to campus. Again, it's against the law to do the recruiting thing. Uh, but you can always say, hey, here's what we have on campus available to the players, blah, 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 that kind of deal. Um, you know, what I think you do is if somebody else has a guaranteed NIL deal elsewhere and there's a player that's just as good, uh, that's easier to get, you go get that guy. And I think that with your resources, you do have whatever you do have. You know, you make sure you're protecting your state. And you make sure that, you know, if it comes to it, you're not losing elite talent out of South Carolina uh, and that you hit pockets where, you know, like the Northeast, I, you know, I, and I know the hot topic in the South, everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Maybe some of those kids from, 
PA and Maryland and New Jersey, you know, aren't necessarily getting the bites on it unless you're a super elite guy. And then you got to survive until whatever's going to happen happens, you know, with regulation, with splitting into other divisions, you know, with what, you know, you got to figure out how to survive. And I think that when you're talking about the University of South Carolina, I think they're in good position. I think that, you know, with anything, fan bases and boosters and, you know, football coaches and players, I mean, they're not, they're, not, they're, they're creatures of habit in a lot of ways. I mean, you, you change something and then you're like, oh, crap, this is something else we have to figure out, you know, that in the transfer portal or whatever. And uh, I still have faith the right people, you know, uh, in terms of the football program and stuff like that are in charge. Uh, and I have a feeling that, you know, the Gamecock fans will eventually step up once they figure it out. You know, I mean, it's hard right now because, you know, you, you have a lot of people that still think that the university should be, is the one that's doing it. And that's just, they can't right now. Hopefully they do at some point. Um, you have a lot of people that, you know, are morally against it and that's fine. Uh, I never would tell anybody how to spend their money. Uh, I get it, but, uh, I'll say this, just like showing up for games, you know, the protest vote <laughs> doesn't facilitate change. You know, it, 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 it's not going to keep a Tennessee collective from coming and trying to outbid Carolina for somebody. It just doesn't. And like I said, do do please uh, do with your money what you want. Um, if you don't want to give to a collective, like I said earlier, uh, go buy some shirts. I mean, all these guys have gear. Some of it looks pretty good. I have a Marshawn Lloyd sweatshirt from his line, Uno. Really cool. Uh, me and the whole fam up here have Spencer Rattler stuff. I bought a bunch of it for Christmas. <laughs> uh, the eighth, eighth grader wears it to school because he says nobody else has it. Like People are like, yeah, Spencer Rattler. So he's hoping Spencer gets in the uh, – is a high draft pick because he'll, he'll you know be one of the first ones with that brand. You know, I'm probably going to go get some Devonnie Reed and Zach Pickens gear. You know, um, just myself or maybe through Carolina Rise, you know, I'd purchase it, obviously, and donate it for swag bags or whatever. You know, it, it, there's all kinds of ways. You know, like I mentioned, Colton Gauthier's concert. I mentioned autograph sessions, things like that, where, you know, you don't have to give to a collective uh, to get this done. You know, uh, you know, if you have a business, I would probably recommend that way because you can write it off your taxes. But, uh, you know. If you're morally opposed, uh, you can still help out and get something in return, right? You're not just giving cash away. So uh, that's the that's the thing with that. Um, Gamecocks in the transfer portal this summer for football. I I think I think Atkins was the last one. Uh, I think uh, they're pretty happy with the guys they've got. I, I think it's one of the best portal classes in the country. It's got to play out that way uh, for it to be so, but uh, I really like uh, the additions. Uh, And I think, you know, Spencer Rattler obviously gets a lot of the attention, but man, I mean, I can't stress how big getting Antoine Juice Wells was uh, or Austin Stogner at tight end or Corey Rucker, who's coming in with Stogner this summer or Christian Bill Smith, who gives you that other running back uh, or Terrell Dawkins, who's going to, provide depth or Devonnie Reed, who I mentioned earlier, who's a solidifying prospect or solidifying player in the secondary. 
and safety yet again. Man, I'll be happy next offseason when we don't have to talk about depth at safety, hopefully. Chances are we will. That's just what happens around here. <laughs> and that's nothing against Torrey and Gray or Clayton Wyatt or any of the defensive backs right now. It just seems like no matter what happens when you head into an offseason and then you get to the spring, right before the spring, you look up and you're like, oh, my God, there's no depth at safety. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Uh, safety should be a pretty, you know, I don't want to say easy position to recruit, but there's a lot of safeties out there, a lot of guys. So uh, we'll see sort of what happens. That I have no basketball update, by the way, trying to get some word on this Malachi Smith guy from Chattanooga. Now, look, the word I got before Lamont Paris even got the job was that, you know, Malachi would probably follow him. But <laughs> that I don't know what kind of NIL situation may be uh, taking place there. Um and that kid's really good, so maybe he's, maybe he just goes on with the pros. I don't know. I I I. It's been really tough to track down anything concrete on him. Uh, I'll say this: if Paris gets him, that's a hell of a get, uh, and that could kind of change the, maybe the outlook for next season, which right now does not look all that great. Uh, but you start talking about a guy like that. That's you know, add those with other guys, uh, and then maybe you're cooking with something. You know, cooking with something on on that end. You know, so we'll see sort of what happens. We'll see sort of what happens. All right, got a quick break for a sponsor right now. Uh, and, uh, we will be right back with the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back. Inside the Game Guys podcast, J.C. Sherbert here with you. Once again, I want to say you can uh, get this podcast on um, uh, Stitcher. You can get this podcast on Spotify. You can get this podcast on, uh, uh, what is it, Apple Podcast, obviously. Used to call and get iTunes, uh, but it's uh, Apple Pods. And, you know, you can uh, yeah, you can go check it out. Uh, and I appreciate everybody that has subscribed. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe to this podcast. Never will. Um, and all of that, uh, but you know, it, it is time for the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. Uh, Bullheaded came in with a good question last week, so here we go. At the Upstate Gamecock, JC, please, please, please make the daily show happen. I've been wondering how I was going to fill the JB and Goldwater spot. Craig also tweets to at the Big Spur Pod. That's one way you can get in the mailbag, by the way. Uh, please carry the torch for JB and Goldwater. Um, and uh, all I'll say about that is I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, you know, just like with everything, it comes down to uh, to time spent versus financial 
you know, resources, uh, I guess, because all the time I spend doing stuff uh, is the time I don't spend doing um, the website, which is, you know, a direct impact on my income. But, uh, and I'm not asking for any money or any further sponsors because, you know, you got some extra cash, you want to throw the Gamecocks away, throw it to the collective because that's that's more important than me right now. Um, and probably always will be, but, uh, it, 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 you know, I guess don't, don't, you know, don't get any ideas. <laughs> uh, cause I know some of you may, uh, but, um, I, I think, you know, I, I think I've got a pretty good idea uh, about it. Uh, there's some options for some co-host out there I'm considering. Um, again, that, you know, when you talk about co-host, you don't know what, what they're going to, their expectations are going to be money wise. Uh, and, and all that, probably leaning towards doing it a lot like the podcast, just a two-hour deal, and then as it builds, you know, going from there. Um, it, it's not going to be JB and Goldwater because JB and Goldwater was structured sort of like a statewide daily sports talk show, um, and so it's uh, you know obviously this is going to be heavily Gamecock focused. So the question becomes, can you do two hours on the Gamecocks? I think so. I, I think that wouldn't be that hard. We can also talk SEC, ACC, college football, college basketball, uh, all that good stuff. Things that touch the Gamecocks that are relevant. Um, and also some off-topic stuff. I mean, I, I can get into that. You know, Mike and I talked for a while about the, the last episodes of Ozark no spoilers, so don't worry about the spoilers. But uh, talked about that in Netflix. I mean, you, you guys know I can talk about a variety of things. So I, I you know, I'm a, I'm leaning towards doing it, just to be honest. But uh, you know, it's not a done deal, and I have to kind of figure out how. Uh, I would expect an announcement by June on it, with a launch shortly thereafter. Uh, if indeed this does take place. So we'll see right now. My focus right now is on obviously bringing you guys the pod, uh, the other pod, JC and Morgan, obviously the big spur.com and then Carolina rise. And then I've got some other websites I've, uh, you know, that I'm, uh, I'm a publishing, I guess, not necessarily writing and contributing, but uh, I got a self-help brand out there. I got a travel brand. I got a local news brand. Uh, all of these things are things that are, that are kind of side projects uh, that don't really take precedence over the Gamecocks or anything I do with the Gamecocks. But, uh, you know, let's just say I got a lot of fires, iron in the fire, irons in the fire. Is that the right thing? Uh, right now, it's going to clear. And once it clears, then uh, I'll be able to sketch out exactly what we're going to do with the show. But uh, I certainly appreciate all the positive feedback on it. Uh, at the Upstate Gamecock. Sends a tweet, just read an article about cracking down on collectives and pay for play. I know that's not what your collective is, but what does all this mean? And how will it affect things like Carolina Rise and Garnet Trust? Uh, uh, also say again, love for you to do a daily show. Thanks, man. Um, nothing. It, it doesn't, it, you know, the, the thing about it is, is, and how this should be done, right, is... And I thought it was just, it's blatant when you, and you know, really you don't have to, I mean, one thing I respect about the Tennessee collective, those guys go on the record. They say it is what it is. 
know, there's other schools where they sort of hide it. You don't even know who's doing it. It just, players just kind of mysteriously go there. And then you have all these anonymous sources that the athletic and everybody else promotes because, you know, they I think they want to see payers get salary. Players get not just salaries, because I'd be all for that. I would love, you know, I, I think what's fair is, is for a base salary, you know, to pay the guy. Because, all right, so you've already got scholarship money. you got all that. All your meals, books, tuition, whatever. you got it for six years. So even if you go pro or, or whatever, if you get hurt, you still got it. You know, it's not that scholarships these days are not as contingent on performance as they once were. You know, you'd be terrible and have a scholarship. You know, it doesn't matter. They're taking care of you. Uh, so then you have the academic money. And a lot of people out there have confused the Supreme Court ruling, which went 9 nothing against the NCAA. That was not an NIL ruling, although some of the justices really kind of, hey, hint, hint your days of, of, of not giving players money are over. Um, what they what they they said was unlawful was the NCAA had restricted academic money you can give to, to, to players based on some arbitrary limit, you know, even the playing field or whatever. And they're like, no, you can't you can't put limits on academic money. And so uh, at places like South Carolina and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is interesting because uh, and I, I don't know if South Carolina may be this way too. You get academic bonus money by staying eligible, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's it's four, five, six thousand dollars a semester, and every student athlete at Carolina gets that now, and that's big. You know, that, that's a that's a big chunk on top of, you know, the cost of living stuff and and all that. Uh, so, you know, there's a start, right? Uh, with all that, but that's what that, that Supreme court ruling was about, but what's going to happen is, and you've already got these folks that see now that you have lawyers involved and agents involved guys, uh, it's over. I mean, the NCAA literally, I I think is being delusional again, because I I believe that they're sitting there thinking they can make rules and enforce them about recruiting and, and stuff. And I just don't know that, that's going to fly in the court of law because, you know, whereas I'm very uncomfortable with it and I, you know, I think it's ridiculous, ridiculous to pay somebody that's just out of high school, seven figures to come play college football. That's not how football works. Uh, I, I, you know, do they deserve some money? Absolutely. You know, the football Top elite football talents been getting some cash, been getting cash for a while, guys. Just a case, it's just under the table um, at every school, uh, you know. And so, you know, but not that kind of money. Nobody's gotten that kind of money, right? You know. So, you know, you can sit there and try to say no, but but everybody's going to come back to this. You know, if you talk about an artificially inflated market value you know, free market purist, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of the free market. They're going to say, well, no, that's the value because someone's willing to pay it. Right. So I don't know how you overcome that argument here in our country uh, with that law. And, and then on top of everything else, you are dealing with like 30 different state laws on the subject. So maybe one state law says the NCAA can't do anything in their state. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. Um, how will it affect Carolina Rise and Garnet Trust? 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, they're not going to be cracking down on me. You know, somebody asked me, I, I won't even take anybody's phone call from the NCAA. I've gotten, uh, you know, I, I know exactly what you're supposed to do, what you cannot do. And I said from the start, you know, I'm not doing anything to violate any rules at all. Cause that's just not me. You know, I'm just not, you know, as long as it's within bounds with the rules, whatever, but uh, just not going to do it. Not interested in really dealing with uh, the NCAA on anything anyway. Uh, and, and so I, it's not going to change for me. I mean, or Garnet trust in my opinion, because what they're doing is very, very much so geared towards current guys. And I think it's great. I mean, I've, you know, I think it's uh Kind of the setup they got over there is really tremendous. So I'm, you know, like I said, the collective number is not going to be, oh, well, they got this, he's got that. It's going to be, what's the total number at Carolina? What it could do, like Miami, they've been pretty blatant, their collective down there about it. Um, Tennessee, you know, they've been pretty – honest about recruiting and stuff like that publicly. And, you know, if they've given, if, if either one of those people involved with that have given a dime to the university of Tennessee, they're representatives of the university's athletic interest. And, you know, they're not allowed to even contact recruits per NCAA rules, you know, and, and so, you know, what's going to happen there. You know, with me, I haven't I haven't interviewed a recruit since 2015. Uh, I will say this: I have not given a. I, I'm not allowed with what I do on Big Spur, regardless of whether or not. You know, <laughs> I got accused of being a, of of doing fanboy journalism the other day, which is awesome. You know, number one. All right, so let me get that in a second. So no, I don't. I don't give money uh, to the university. To my knowledge, Gamecock Central guys do not either. I think that's against their rules too. So everybody's kind of in the clear uh, as far as our market goes um, in terms of uh, that rule about boosters. But you know, you think those guys from Tennessee hadn't given <laughs> hadn't given to the university? I mean, I don't think they're boosters. I don't. They probably all have season tickets, you know. <laughs> you know, ball club or whatever it is up there, you know, so I don't, I don't know how you, how you do that. I mean, but I think here at South Carolina, both collectives that we know about right now are in pretty good shape uh, as far as any kind of rules go. But then again, I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, once they do that, I read an article today uh, from a uh, sports business site. said, well, everybody's going to get sued if that happens. So I, NCAA screwed itself. What they should have done is said, Here's what we're gonna say. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be able to sell gear, do camp, you know, the the, the actual good NIL stuff, uh, but you can't do it for recruits or whatever. And that would have called off the dogs a little bit, in my opinion. Jersey sales, you know, we're gonna sell your jersey with your name on it and give you a cut. Great, you know, that, that's kind of what everybody was looking for, uh, and instead they fought it like idiots. Uh, <laughs> and now it's, it's busted wide open and, and, and it's legal for, you know, whatever is legal that they're, they're going to go ahead and do it. But anyway, uh, I want to tell you this about, uh, we're getting the next mailbag question. Uh, and by the way, uh, thanks to iHelp Consulting, uh, for sponsoring the mailbag. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about iHelp here, you know, in a second. 
Let's pull this one up. I've told you about Daniel for my help. Save your business money on credit card processing, insurance, telecom, et cetera, without sacrificing quality. But you may be wondering how it works. It's simple. Call or text Daniel, 843-372-5713 and set up a quick phone call or face-to-face meeting. Daniel will examine where there may be savings and let you know if you're paying junk fees or if your rates are too high. You may be wondering how I help gets paid or that a consultant, man, they're going to charge you more than you're worth. Not, uh, you know, having worked in local radio, consultants are, to me, I don't know. I, I would feel like not human if I were a consultant in the radio business. Uh, I don't know. Maybe thinking they'll save you 3000 but charge you four, and I help. That's not only your business. Your fee is a percentage of your first year savings. Uh, not only that, if they can't save you money, you don't owe them a dime. So Daniel's going to lay it all out. If he can't save you any money, you don't pay him. Uh, and so tell Daniel you heard about it right here on the podcast, 843-372-5713, iHelpConsulting.com. I help consulting. How can I help you? And also want to thank Daniel for uh, helping me out on the back end with Carolina Rise and uh, for his sponsorships of my segments on JBA Goldwater until that unfortunately ended. So I was almost on Twitter and I'll say this, I've probably blocked about 50, 60 Clemson uh, Twitter accounts that are kind of rogue and anonymous. And it's interesting because I've, I don't know, I've kind of thought maybe they were all run by one person because uh, it seemed like they had the same followers or whatever. But anyway, th- th- these guys are sick. You know, they, they have a hard on for Carolina, uh, everything they do. Uh, they, they don't like me. They don't like Tony. And all that. So these, I, I got accused of doing fanboy journalism. Uh, so let me address this. I am not a journalist. And I I was. I have been, I have experience, but uh, I don't consider myself a journalist. I report things, I hear from sources, uh, I write columns, I give my opinion, I talk on podcasts and do videos and stuff like that, but it, it, it's much more of an entertainment thing than a serious journalism thing. And in fact, uh, I'm going to say this, I'm glad, I, I, I'm glad I've shed that label and I'm glad, you know, that um I'm not, you know, considered a journalist anymore. I haven't had credentials in years, haven't had any interest in covering things from the press perspective in years. Uh, I have a good relationship with people on the SID side. Uh, They get guests on the podcast and things like that. But, you know, I'm not sitting around pretending to be Johnny Journalism, nor should I. Uh, And quite frankly, given the sheer amount of dishonesty and spin and uh, promotion of one's worldview in that business with sports and politics and hard news and health and everything else, uh, I don't want any part of it. Because honest to God, guys, I believe in being honest. Honesty to me is more important than being Johnny journalism and uh, trying to have an appearance of neutrality, which, you know, if you guys really listen to me, I am pretty neutral. I kind of just call it like it is. You know, I think my job in a lot of ways is to say, how can, you know, the Gamecocks be great? Because that's my audience. How, 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 how does that happen? What, what are my ideas? That kind of thing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm never, you're, you're not even going to hear me talk bad about other schools, even Clemson. Because why? 
you know, because, oh, he, he said something bad about Clemson. Well, all that's going to do is get the Twitter crazies nuts, you know, because they already get so mad and, and, and so, like, uh, butthurt if you say something positive about Carolina or whatever. You know, like, like, like nobody has the right to say anything like that. Well, whatever. You know, I mean, they would go nuts, you know. And what good is it going to do? J.C. Sherbert said Clemson's offensive line isn't that good. Well, oh, God. You know, great. You know, what, what greater good is that going to have? You know, I mean, you got some people that, you know, cover the other school in the state that sit on their message board all day and talk crap about Carolina. I'm not going to do that to Clemson or Georgia or anybody else because I believe in being honest. And quite frankly, that's why I'm glad I don't have the label of journalist anymore. You know, I'm glad, uh, you know, people, you know, journalists. I mean, what does that even mean these days? You know, I come at it with honesty, good information, good conversation and entertainment. So uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Fanboy journalism, whatever. I'm, I'm not a journalist. Never, not a journalist. Not going to be. Glad I'm not. Because that profession is a cauldron of dishonesty uh, and snark and a lot of things that I, I'm just, you know, as far as like my life and my manhood and all that goes, that, that would be a compromise. Uh, I think if, if, if I decided to join that little army again. Now, look, that's not all journalists. So don't, don't sit there and think I'm coming down on anybody that, that specifically. Okay. Cause I'm not right. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as far as the big spur goes, it is a media outlet. Uh, media outlets typically do have different opinion columnists and things like that. People that aren't necessarily journalists, right? You got to have a journalism department, an opinion department, whatever. Um, my guys, John Whittle, Hale McGranahan, Alex Jones, they are journalists and they're held to that standard. You won't see them involved with the collective. You won't see them involved with anything like that. You won't see them involved really with podcasts, except to, to be professional and, and do their job. And I'm professional too. Don't I'm not sitting and saying I'm unprofessional, but you know, I'm not out here, you know, pretending to be that anymore. And uh, so, anybody that you know wants to try me on that, uh, you know, fine, <laughs> because that's just not, it's not, not, you know, that was that was a long time ago. Right. I'm here to entertain you guys, inform you guys, uh, do my podcast much more of about, you know, a personality thing than it is a journalism thing. And I'm fine with that for the reasons I stated. All right. The mailbag continues. There's a lot of these right here. Uh, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com is the email address. And got. Uh, you know, some people that want to be the co-host. And uh, like I said, that would be, uh, that's something I'm looking into. <laughs> uh, Cameron Smith said, uh, hey, JC, no question. Just wanted to say I'm going to miss JB and Goldwater dearly. And would 100% be behind a daily show, especially if it's college athletic centered. Best Cameron. Yeah, and it would be. It would be. It would be. Um. JC, this comes from Ryan. I heard about Carolina Rise on the podcast. Would like to better understand how student athletes are compensated through the collective. Do they have to do anything to receive funds? Yes, they'll do promotional things. In other words, so so what Carolina Rise has is um, affiliated businesses, and then I have obviously all the businesses I own, and then 
You have other people that have come in and contributed as affiliated businesses. We have a board that sort of governs me and everything else, kind of an oversight board and they have businesses. Um, and so there's enough to spread around with promotional opportunities. And when I say promotional, I'm talking about voice, you know, like, Hey, you're listening to the inside the game guys podcast or JC Morgan or whatever, or here, wear this shirt, and, you know, uh, big spur shirt or whatever, put it on your Instagram or, or tweet out a link. You know, th- those are the promotional things that we have. And then we have, you know, at times you'll have bigger businesses that will come in and want something more comprehensive and we can handle that as well. Um, it says, do they receive funds one-time payment or monthly ongoing basis? Uh, kind of depends on the deal with that. Um, are you the individual determining each athlete's payout or are others involved? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think, again, it depends on the deal and with who. You know, because some of these guys have agents, some of these guys have this, some of these guys have that, that kind of thing. Uh, Ryan goes on to say today's podcast was helpful, given the $50 monthly average uh, to be impactful will motivate those who feel like their personal limits won't make an impact. I was an initial CFO of the Buckhead Citywood movement. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a good call. <laughs> Believe me, I used to live in Brookhaven. Uh, I, I'm there with you. And the first thing I learned in the fundraising process is to be detailed with how the money is used. It's exciting that someone in your, with your reputation in the Gamecock community is taking this initiative. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, yeah, there's a lot more details. Like, you know, s- some of that stuff, like how, how often will they get paid? Well, there's some deals that require upfront. Some deals require a monthly most of it's monthly, right? Uh, from what I can gather, uh, some of it's one one-off stuff. Like, oh, you know, this guy can do do this for this, and then the more comprehensive stuff may be a lump sum payment. It, it just kind of depends. Uh, I will say this: these funds that come into Carolina Rise uh, are, you know, very very much. We are not. Uh, we're pinching pennies and, and cutting corners and we're not investing Carolina rise money into like a nicer new website. We're not uh, investing Carolina rise money uh, into, you know, building it out or what. I mean, a lot of that's the promotional stuff's donated by myself or some other very benevolent Gamecock fans. Um, you know, most things, you know, that you spend money on with this would be like credit card fees. Uh, and hosting for the site and stuff like that. I mean, you're talking, you know, with credit card fees, it kind of depends on how much you sell. But, uh, you know, hosting is, what, 14 bucks a month, something like that. Uh, heck, I'll take, take care of that. So that's that's the idea. Um, you know, as far as the determination goes, it, you just you have to figure that out with their agent, with them, or whoever. Um, but, yeah, the $50 a month, I mean, you know, like I said, um, you know, with between the podcast audience and the big spur, right? Let me do the math again. All right. You could have, yeah, plenty of money <laughs> to, uh, to run uh, NIL and have very pretty profitable or pretty profitable for the Gamecocks uh, NIL. Uh, John says, JC, following up, uh, your statements from the last episode about the delayed home welcome home announcement. My belief is that it's difficult for the average fan 
to keep up with the announced unannounced prospects, maybe a pin post on TBS could alleviate some of this friction. Just a thought. Yeah, you know, you put up there, you know, constantly three. Like, I think it'd be cool to maybe have like a counter, <laughs> you know, up there. Three. That's the you know you know like the counter the number you get like when you go to the DMV. Three now serving three. You know something like that. With regards to your statement about uh, recent site changes, are you familiar with eBay in the late 90s? It changed the site background from bright yellow to white overnight, and the user base lost their collective minds. Over the course of a year, they moved the background color one shade lighter each day until it was white, and no one complained. Interesting examples of people's resistance to change familiar things. And he, a nice article there, too, John. John, thanks. Uh, completely agree. And thanks for sharing that article. I'm going to read it today. Uh, but yeah, we would now we changed, we didn't change the message. And that's the thing on Big Spur. Uh 24-7 changed the look on the front page. And uh people seem pretty cool because they, they don't really hang out on the front page. And you know, our front page gets a certain number of traffic, but all of most of our endemic traffic hits the message board. To change the message board, people are like, whoa, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, that kind of thing. So um so that's where we're at with that. And certainly appreciate you, uh, you know, coming in uh, with that article. I appreciate that. Nathan, enjoyed the podcast yesterday. I mentioned some feedback for JB and Goldwater. I think it'd be a good idea, no doubt. But I think we would need to do it similar to how they did it with guests and recurring segments. Using you as an example was a large part of why I tuned in on Wednesdays. Obviously, I know you have the context to be able to do that. Production was a big thing. Uh, that I also took away from that show and enjoyed it. It looked like a program, and I like the idea of more than one host. Anyway, I know you're more than capable of doing this, but want to give some insight from the viewers in. Maybe you can squeeze JB in there every now and then, then if you got it, go for it. Thanks, Nathan. And that's all All, all those things are things I have yeah, in mind. Dr. Rob, JC, thanks for providing such great content. I really hope you choose to go to the Monday through Friday format. How do you think SEC defensive coordinators will adjust to Tennessee's offense after having an offseason to break it down and plan? Do you think it's a situation where DCs can counterpunch and put the clamp down on the fast-paced falls offense? Thanks for all you do. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, this offense is not the same as it was at Missouri when Hypo was calling it out there nor at Oklahoma. Uh, it's been tweaked a little bit. I think Jeff Levy had a lot to do with that at, at Central Florida. A lot of that Bryles stuff in there, and I've just never seen teams adjust to Bryles. Um, and, and I think the beauty of his offense and his philosophies are it's adaptable to any style quarterback, any style athletes you've got, whatever. Um you know, look at our, uh, you know, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. All three of those teams last year were great on offense. They were all fundamentally different personnel-wise, right? And so, you know, uh, where's the adjustment? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what you do to adjust that uh, specifically on defense. I, I, I think that a lot of times, though, I mean, you, you watch Tennessee against Georgia – you know, what, what you have to do, I think, is stop their momentum. And Georgia was good enough on D to do that this past year. Uh, and then on, and then you beat them with your offense. You know, you, you're talented enough. You force them three and outs. Maybe you gamble a little bit, get a sack, whatever. They're not constantly moving forward at 90 miles an hour. Uh, and, and then 
with your offense, you drive the football and score points. You know, that's what was so bad about last year is, you know, you you got the punch, the initial punch, 14 nothing, and then time for the game cost to counterpunch. Lo and behold, you know, Kevin Harris starts breaking off for runs. They're, they're, they're completing passes, doing I mean, down to the two-yard line, and then we all know what happened. So then that gives them the momentum, and they boom, 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 boom. And, you know, it's it's what, 31 nothing, 38-7 by the time – you know, anybody recovered on the Gamecock end from that. Um, we all remember Clemson's offense uh, with Chad Morris uh, and Spurrier in the Spurrier era. Gamecocks, you know, obviously did pretty good against them. Go back and look at the time of possession in those games, uh, you know, and then it ended up being Connor Shaw, you know. And, and look, there was a really good Gamecock defensive teams, too, but it ended up being Connor Shaw running out, keeping the clock going, uh, all that good stuff. So I feel like it's a blend of both. Um, you know, I, I just don't know, you know, as far as adjustments go, unless there's a rule change, you know, I, I don't know how you really adjust other than, you know, you have to find a way to counter their tempo. You know, maybe it's a press man thing. Maybe it's a, you know, where you're jamming their receivers, not letting them get anything off, and you collapse the pocket, but then they're just going to run. I mean, they're just going to run the quarterback, or I, I don't know. It, it, it's, you know, for years, and I still think this, I think Dan Mullen's system is one of the best to run in the SEC just because it's so versatile and you combine power run game with uh, an open spread attack, you know. And, and I think regardless of what happened to Mullen last year, uh, I think it's still very effective, that system, but uh, we all kind of sat around and wondered what an Art Browse system would look like in the SEC, and boom, 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 there's three of them. They're diverse. They're different. Um, his concepts, I think, are great, uh, and it's all trickled down. Now, we'll see what happens at Ole Miss without Jeff Levy this year, but, uh, you know, boy, he, he's changed Heupel's uh, deal because that, that thing they ran in Missouri was different. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't what they're doing at Tennessee. Uh, and I've been impressed, you know, impressed with them. But I, I think if you're asking me the week before the Clemson game next year when the big orange comes to town in, in Columbia, Gamecocks need to stay on the field on offense. <laughs> that's a, that's how you win. Uh, Isaiah says, hope you're doing well. See Rick Sanders posted the picture from what looks, looks like foot surgery. Can anyone share light on his injury? Yeah, uh, he's aggravated something again. Uh, I think it's the foot, but uh, from what we're told, uh, by the staff or sources familiar with the program. Uh, he's expected to be ready to go for fall camp. So another setback, you know, I hope he can get back a little earlier because, you know, big guys like that, when they're sidelined for a while, they got to get back in shape. You know, maybe Rick ends up coming back for a six year. I don't know. I, I, I think he's awfully talented. And it's a shame that this happened because last year, you know, he was having the most consistent preseason he's ever had. People were raving about him. And then, boom, he gets hurt, and then he's out for the year. So, we'll see sort of what happens. Jack. He said, this is Jack. When it comes to NIL, what do you think about an arbitration process similar to Major League? Third party comes in and determines the true worth of players, and NI deals can reach but not exceed those numbers. I Shoot, man, I'd sign up for that tomorrow. Because I guarantee you, if you get 
real numbers in there. Screw the people, the media, screw everything else. Uh, these outlandish, idiotic numbers, you know, um, uh, like a true NIL valuation. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna have guys making that much, <laughs> you know, now at the same time though, I'll say this, I'll back up. I remember Eric Hyman talking about, how much free publicity the game guys got 14 million or so when Clowney committed on ESPN that day, you know, does that factor in like that? So, you know, would you be looking then at like a handful of like really good guys being worth a whole lot and then the rest of them are not, you know, or something like that. So, but man, yeah, Jack, I'll sign up for that tomorrow. Get a third party in there, rock and roll, you know, Rock and roll. And then, man, that would solve a lot. That's a great idea. Great idea. Sean says, live show. I think live show would be dope. Maybe a rotation of guests, games, take mailbag questions. He says, side note, if you could, 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 uh, if you could consistently beat two teams regularly in the East, who would you pick, Florida and Tennessee or Georgia and Kentucky, which would help with recruiting? Thanks and love the show. Probably Florida, Tennessee. Uh, just because Tennessee – in the state of Georgia, they recruit a lot of guys. The Gamecocks do. They're, they're on a lot of same, a lot of the same guys, and so is Florida. Uh, and anytime you beat the Gators, you know, for players down there in recruitment, it's just a little more high profile. Obviously, beating Georgia's high profile, uh, and then Kentucky's obviously had a lot of success lately. But you know, uh, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, the the teams that you know. You're talking about going and getting a scalp on the schedule. Those are teams that you, you still get the scalp. You know, even when Carolina beat Kentucky in 2019, it was it was a relief rather than a, a nice victory that probably should have been celebrated a little more. You beat Missouri, you kind of expect to, right? Um, and so that's the thing there. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, uh, Brian. First off, want to say I saw your last segment with JB and Goldwater. Thought it was awesome. And those guys are going to be missed heavily. I think you can fill the slot with your live show. It'd be amazing. And maybe better for Strictly Gamecock fans. Not asking for a prediction, but if South Carolina starts off 2-0, what kind of madhouse would Georgia be walking into on week three? I think they're walking into a madhouse anyway. Uh, but certainly, you go on the road and beat Arkansas, who's supposed to be really good. They'll probably be a favorite. Yeah. And you come back at two and zero, oh, yeah. That's they'll be hanging from the rafters. It'll be a tough ticket uh, to get. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, probably not the last show of this week. Probably back for more. Um, Want to thank all of the sponsors, uh, especially Tony Pope, State Farm Insurance. You heard the the uh, ad in the middle of the show. He can write insurance, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. So uh, if you're in the tri-state area, I guess, the tri-state area, <laughs> uh, give him a call. I've known him for years. They do me right, uh, believe me, with insurance and everything else. So make sure you hit them up. Um, thanks for the mailbag. Thanks for all of you that have inquired about Carolina Rise. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the feedback on the uh, the JB and Goldwater slot. You know, like I said, Still kicking some things around, uh, but, you know, you can kind of expect June 
you know, to be that thing. I think I've kind of got it figured out and, you know, I, I can't say one way or the other without really digging in. And um, like I said, I was, I've had some other things that I've had to kind of dig in with, but uh, uh, probably within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to really start, you know, sketching it out, scaling it out, seeing what we can do. All right, JC Sherbert signing off. This has been Inside the Gamecocks podcast.